What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It is the Sports Ethos Business Podcast. We got the whole crew here with us today. We're going to talk about playoffs. We're looking ahead. The Grizzlies have locked in the two seed. Now we're going to look at who they are going to play. Are we scared of them? Why are we scared of them? Why are we not scared of them? Should we be scared of them? I can tell you this. After the last victory with the G Squad, I'm pretty sure that they we shouldn't be scared of anybody. But here we go. There, there's four teams that the Grizzlies could possibly play mathematically. The Utah Jazz, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the L.A. Clippers, and the Nuggets. The Nuggets are an extreme long shot. They are two games up on the seven seed, so they would have to lose out, and Utah and Minnesota win out in order for it to be the, like for the Nuggets to be one of those teams. But because it is still a mathematical possibility, we will discuss it. And we'll see where it goes. We, we may get into looking at second-round matchups. But these are the four teams. And so, Candace, I'll start with you. Between Utah, the Timberwolves, the Clippers, and the Nuggets, who do you want to see in the first round? My, my preference is going to be the L.A. Clippers. Um, I think that's because I think everybody plays well just against this team. And, and don't get me wrong, if they got Paul George back, they, they will be more of a threat than they are, of course, without him. But I, I don't get the sense that Kawhi's coming back. I just I just don't. There's, what, three three games, four tops for some teams left in the season. And um, I just don't expect to see him in the first round unless anybody else has heard any other news or updates. But anyway, uh, you said what? No, I, I've not. I'm not. There's, which the Clippers are always kind of – you know, the Paul George thing, it was very tight lipped. Yes. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, you know, Paul George is playing tonight. So that's true. <laughs> that's true. I give you that. But uh, my preference is the Clippers with, with, without Kawhi. But even if Kawhi comes, you, you know, I don't know what conditioning he'll be in. Um, there's just a lot of question marks around that. I just like that matchup. We've played the Clippers with Paul George, and I think we still won that game. I think pretty sure that's the game Jaron Jackson, Jaron Jackson Jr. had the uh, clutch three against. Um, I think Jaron Jackson matches up well against Zubak uh, in general. Uh, now, Norman Powell is another X factor and Robert T- Covington to some extent as well. Uh, but Norman Powell is also injured from what I understand. And the last update I heard is somebody tried to say he was sort of inching his way back. And his response was that uh, they didn't talk to him and, and hear, yeah. see how, they, how he was feeling. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. But um, yeah. anyway, so. <laughs> I, a lot of question marks around the Clippers and their health and their pieces. I think with the cohesiveness of um, of our team, that that's my number one matchup. So Isaac, we'll get to who you would like to face out of these four teams since she uh, since Candace goes the easy route. She she likes the the uh, <laughs> path of least resistance here. Let, let's uh, let's get your thoughts on the Clippers. Yeah, um, I I think I have to agree with her. Uh, sorry to be. To, to go oh, the route there as well, but, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I think the LA Clippers is the the optimum. I'm, I'm not, and, and to, to be be honest, I'm not scared of anybody. Like I see mm-hmm. a lot of people saying there's certain teams they're scared to face. Like I mean, there's always going to be preferences, and I, and I think the Clippers are definitely out of those four teams the one you want to face. I mean, the Grizzlies have just mm-hmm. had the Clippers number uh, over the last couple of years. They swept them this year, and I know I think three of those games were without Paul George, but even in in the game with Paul George. They're able to win that game, and I've seen some people say, "Well, they're they're, they're worried about Kawhi coming back." Even if Kawhi comes back, coming off yep. of that injury that he's coming off of, being thrown in the middle of a, a high leverage playoff series, there's no way that he's going to be anything close to peak Kawhi. It's probably going to be on a minutes restriction. There's right. no way that he's going to throw him back in there, even if he does. Which I, I don't have any indication that he's going to be back 
especially in a first round series, I mm-hmm. would would have doubts about that. I don't think you have to worry about Kawhi. And even if you did, again, I don't think he's going to beat Pete Kawhi. I just like the way the Grizzlies match up with that team. I think they don't really have any answer for, for John Moran. I think he mm-hmm. just won wild in that series. And I think the Grizzlies will win that series. And not to be overconfident in anything, I think the Grizzlies win that series in four or five. Like, yeah. I really do think that they beat the Clippers in probably in five games. And I, I don't think I could say that about any of the other three teams. I think those would be longer series. I think more grueling for the Grizzlies. And you think if they, they're going to advance going to the second round, you want them to be as fresh as possible. And I think the Clippers team, the style of play, I think does it. It's, it's not going to cause a, a lot of energy to be exerted. They're not going to get beat up or anything in that series. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think out of those four teams, I think I'll go with the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, I think that that, uh, you know, I, I was busting your chops, but I think that has to be the go-to choice just because of matchup. The style of basketball that the Clippers play, they don't have well, – one thing that we've discussed on the show is the half-court offense for the Grizzlies and what they're going to be able to do in the playoffs, how, how that's going to match up. The the uh, Clippers are not going to have – that very like slow down ground and pound if you will this is not football but you know it's a pretty good analogy there they they don't have the people the you know i'm missing the word i can't speak today but they they don't have the personnel to yeah yeah, they they don't have the personnel to really slow it down that much and so i I like that matchup for the grizzlies for a, a number of reasons they're actually not my first choice but you know the, the Grizzlies are four and zero against them this year. They're six and four over the last ten, and the Clippers, even since Paul George's return, they're you know he hasn't been back for ten games, but they're four and six in their last ten. So they're not playing their best basketball right now. You have guys that have been in the playoffs. You guys, you have guys that have the experience. So when you get to that first round matchup, as we've seen in history, you never know what's going to happen. But that that's a you know. Matchup wise, that's a good choice. So Isaac, we, we talked a little bit about the Clippers and and why you guys like them. Who would you know? I, I wish you would have picked a different team. You, you're, you're making. <laughs> who, who would your second choice be if if it's not the Clippers? Who would your second choice be out of these four? Man, that, that, that's a tough question um, because you you look at the other three teams. You're talking about Utah, Denver, and, and Minnesota. Because um, Minnesota, we we know that's been a and it's like a football so, game. Anytime, anytime yeah, yeah, they yeah. play Minnesota, it's it, it, it's tough, man. That would be a long, grueling series. I, I guess I would have to go with Utah, and, and that's wild because if you had asked me a month, a month and a half ago, and I was asked this question on a radio interview that I did, I, they asked me who out of the, the the possible teams that they could play, who would would you want to face? And, and I said Utah would be the team that I wouldn't want to face because we saw last year how tough of a matchup that could be. And I think. With, with Valentunas going on at the Pelicans, and now you have Steven Adams. I think that makes it a little bit better uh, going up against Rudy Gobert. But I, I still think in on paper that looks like a tough matchup. But you look at what Utah is doing right now, and, and I just think they have some major issues out there right now. As far as chemistry, I think Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert have been taking passive-aggressive shots at each other. I saw Stats Views put out a stat where Donovan Mitchell only passes the ball, I think, to Rudy Gobert like, a little bit under three times a game, and he passes it to, like, bench guys like six or seven times on average per game. So there's definitely some stuff going on there between them. I mean, we had uh, NBA Sarah on from, from Utah. And she kind of, we asked her about that during the time, and she kind of said that she didn't really feel like there was any issues. But 
watching now, I think it's clear that they have some issues going on. Mike Conley is looking a, a little bit older. That team just doesn't look good right now, and they're kind of backing their way into the playoffs despite they're having a really, really good record and kind of the, the, what they had done early in the season. It, they're kind of backing their way into the playoffs right now, and I feel like that team, is, unless they, they flip a switch here, I think they're going to be pretty easy pickings. I think that's a team that they just don't appear on the same page, and I think it's about time to break that group up, and, and I think they might have, have one foot out the door. So I think outside of Clippers, I think if I, I'm the Grizzlies, I think Utah would be my second most favorable matchup because I just feel like they're going backwards right now, and I feel like the chemistry isn't there, and I feel like they could, could kind of fall apart in the playoff series. Yeah, that's actually my first choice for a couple of reasons. The turmoil, the way that they're playing right now is the number one reason. You can sit here and have an interview and ask the questions and answer all the questions. Donovan Mitchell had an interview, and he was asked about that, and it was all business from him. You know, oh, you know, when we're on the court, I'm about winning. We all have the same goal, yada, yada, yada. It's clear you you cannot watch that team right now and tell me body language looks terrible. Wrong, right? That 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 is you can give me coach speak. You can give me you know team player speak. Rudy Gobert is going to say there's nothing wrong. Donovan Mitchell is going to say there's nothing wrong. Anybody and everybody inside of that organization is going to say that there's nothing wrong, but there's clearly something going on there. I, I don't buy into the the Mike Conley is old thing. I think that he's still got it. I think that the turmoil inside the locker room is just kind of spreading out. And, you know, they lost a guy that had been a glue guy for them. I kind of jokingly said the other day on Twitter, was like, who knew that Joe Ingles was the glue that was holding the, the jazz together? But it really looks like that's the case. Since he went down, this team has really kind of been in a tailspin. That They've won some games, obviously. You can see by their record. But I just think out, out of these four teams, they're probably the most dysfunctional. And after the playoff series last year, I never would have thought that I'd be sitting here looking at the playoffs saying I'd rather play the Jazz in the first round than anybody else because I've talked about that matchup and how – the way that they play is a tough matchup for the Grizzlies, but I'm also not scared of it because when you get into the playoffs, everything is amplified. The intensity, the the effort, everything is amplified. And so if there is turmoil and things start to go south, I think it's just a bomb waiting to blow up, and, and that could work in the Grizzlies' favor. Still think it's not – I don't think it's a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm confident that the Grizzlies could beat this team. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with the both of you guys. Um, I definitely do. I, I My second choice would be Utah for all the reasons that you guys named, but uh, I'll take it a step further and look at it from the Grizzlies' perspective. One of the main things, in my opinion, that really helped this team beat Golden State last year to get into the playoffs to begin with was that matchup right before the end of the season with Golden State and uh, the Grizzlies. And I think that the Grizzlies took some real valuable lessons um, and they basically uh, they they took advantage of taking the hat. I mean, Dylan Brooks got he fouled out in that last game and sort of that sort of swung the momentum. But I also just think from a game planning perspective and adjustment perspective, they were ready. Um, when it came time for the plan. So they were, they, they just knew they'd been there before in, in a sense. I mean, not technically in the plan, but just in that matchup and it showed. And I think that because 
the Grizzlies were so competitive with Utah Jazz. I mean, you you look at the series results and it was, you know, 4-1 as a gentleman's sweep. So you'd say, well, the Jazz dominated us, but it it came down to the wire in some games. And ultimately, Utah was able to just kind of pull it out because their execution, their execution in the last five minutes of the game, which is better than the Grizzlies at that time. But I actually think that the that the Grizzlies gave them a fight. And now, given like like you like uh, I think Isaac it was you who mentioned um, the trade with the Jonas Valanciunas, I think Stephen Adams that might help that to some extent. But even more so, I think that we'll be, we'll be be able to make the adjustments to be better this time. I, I'd I'd find it really hard to believe that this team wouldn't sort of welcome that in a way, the opportunity to to relive that matchup, to take them out the way that they got taken out in that first series last year. I, I think they'd want that, and on top of that. I'm not sure. Well, I am sure. Utah's not known for adjusting that well in the playoffs. That's why they keep. That's why they haven't really been able to make a deep playoff run to this point. That's why they keep being a disappointment. They, their adjustments in, in the playoffs and how in their play style is just maybe not to the level that it needs to be. Um, and they've just proven that they they're really more of a regular season team. And so I think I don't, I'm not sure that this coaching staff, that the Utah coaching staff, will have the punch back to counter given all the continuity issues and just given what they've shown in the, in, in their playoff history um, when the Grizzlies punch back this time, I, I think that might be a knockout punch. I think Brett Kendrick brought up a, a great point about, and I, I don't know if I want to say revenge that the Grizzlies would feel like it would be revenge, but I think, I definitely think they would welcome that matchup. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a team, you know how the Grizzlies kind of take things, especially jaw uh, losing that playoff series last year. And I, I think there would be some, some maybe extra motivation there to kind of kind of knock this team out, kind of the way things went last year. But as Kansas said, a lot of those games were close. I know it felt like it was kind of a runaway series for Utah, but that, that wasn't an easy series. I mean, the Grizzlies fought in that series, and, and I know David said that he doesn't think that Mike Conley has lost a step. I, I won't say that he is just gone or anything, like his game is gone, but we saw Mike Conley really, really step up in that series last year. I mean, he's one of the big reasons three-pointers that he was knocking down was a big problem for the Grizzlies. They just couldn't get a handle on him. I've watched a lot of Utah this year, and maybe he turns it on in the playoffs, but he doesn't look like that same player that he was last year. He's not as aggressive as as he was last year, and I think Ja has definitely taken another step since last year, and I like that matchup. Like, I don't think Mike Conley can deal with the Ja Morant that we've seen this year at peak powers. I think think Ja would have either. Now, I know the Gobert thing and defensively, trying to set off the paint. And, and you watch the Utah team lately, they haven't even been as good defensively. Like, they haven't looked like that defensive team that, that we've known them to be. Like, they just have some issues right now. And again, that doesn't mean they can't turn it on in the playoffs. I know they were saying at the last game, but we saw them say that the game before. I saw Donovan Mitchell say that we just got to gotta get together. We feel like the next game, that's when we're going to turn it on. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. But I feel like I, – I do feel like the Grizzlies will beat this team in the series. Uh, I just feel like, as Candace said, they learned some lessons probably from last year. I think you you trade out JV for Steven Adams. I like that matchup better against Gobert. And, and I just see some things. I think there's some things they can export on this Utah team. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their numbers that they were going to – I don't think they're shooting threes as well as they were last year. Their defense right now definitely doesn't look the same. Gobert doesn't look to be, at least lately, hasn't been that defensive presence we've known him to be. Uh, so I, I see a lot of things the Grizz can attack in the sport in this series. And I think – I think the Grizz would beat Utah in the series for sure. You go back to the playoff series last year, and you look at the box scores, and the Grizzlies won game one. 
Game two, the Jazz won by 12. Game three, the Jazz won by 10. Game four by seven. Game five by 16. When, if you're just looking at that, it looks like yeah, the Jazz handled right. them. Right. But if you watch those games, you know that these games were way closer than what these final scores were. Candace made, made a fantastic point about closing the game. The Jazz knew what they needed to do to execute to close the game, and the Grizzlies were still learning. The Grizzlies have learned how to do that this year. A lot of that is John Moran and his ability to attack and get to his spots and score at will. And even with Rudy Gobert, you don't have a one-on-one lockdown defender. Your best defender against Ja Morant is probably going to be Mike Conley. And Mike Conley doesn't want that smoke. Whether he's lost <laughs> no, a step he, or not, does not. He, he doesn't want it. No, not at all. And so not at all. That, that is – that's why I, I'm interested. Number one, if Utah falls back to the play-in, that means that that pick has gotten better for the Grizzlies. You know, like that, that's – to, yeah, I want to see a championship. I want to see all of that. But th- that would be incredible. If, if Utah continues to lose, Minnesota jumps over them, then, you know, the Grizzlies get Utah in the first round. I'm fine with it. I'm here for it. Uh, but but I just think that there's enough stuff that has changed from last year to this year that the Grizzlies have enough in the tank to put this team away. And it's not just the growth from John Morant. Desmond Bain played well in that series last year, but he's yeah. way – like head and shoulders above where he yeah. was last season. Dylan Brooks was locked in and he looked like a legitimate second option in that series. High efficiency, great on the defensive end. He he did was it was it game four or five when he fouled out and it really turned the game. I can't remember. There was there was one of the games late in the series where he fouled out. I want to say it was five, well, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I it was think four it or was. five. I want to say it was five, though. Yeah, when yeah. they lost by seven, because they had yeah. a real chance to t- to really yeah. win that one. Yeah, game game four they lost by seven, so that was that so was the one. Okay, four. I think it was game four then. Yeah, yeah. You know the the key parts of this Grizzly team have all grown since last year. You had JV, who by all accounts was neutralized by Rudy Gobert last year, and Stephen Adams is not going to be a key to your offense like JV was. So Rudy Gobert is not going to neutralize Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams is still going to get in there and do what he does. You don't need the 20 and 10 from Stephen Adams like you did from J.D. Yeah. last year. And so that, that's, you know, another thing that, that points, in, you know, in the, the moves arrow in the Grizzlies' favor. So we're, we're, we talked about the Jazz. We talked about the Clippers. The only two we got left are the Nuggets and the T-Wolves. So let's go to the Nuggets matchup. And this is, again, it's a complete long shot. Everything has to go wrong for the Nuggets and everything has to go right for everybody else in order for this to happen. Basically, the way it would have to go down is the Nuggets lose out and the T-Wolves win out. The Nuggets play the Spurs on Tuesday without DeJounte Murray, which is bad news for the Spurs. Could be good news for the Grizzlies as you look at the standings right now. The Lakers are on the outside looking in two games back. If by some miracle they're able to put it together in these last three games and, and and win and catch up to the Spurs, DeJounte Murray being out for the Spurs, you know, we could look back and say, this is why the, the Lakers were able to make it back to the play in, but it, it's, it's basically a, a Spurs win or a Lakers loss away from them being completely eliminated. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it's real interesting because it's it's such a long shot now, but for most of this season, that's the matchup we were looking at. You know, it, it was Grizzlies spent a lot of the season in the third seed, and 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 Doug and the, the Nuggets were in the sixth seed. So it's interesting how things have changed um, just here in this last quarter of basketball. But but I, I think my stance remains the same on on this team. I. I, I I go back and forth between whether I prefer Utah or Denver. I think I, I still might give Utah the slight edge because of my point in they've already played this team before. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Denver Nuggets, I wouldn't mind that matchup either. That's as a matchup I'd welcome. I think that this team is still able to play to their strengths. The Grizzlies, I mean, are still able to play to their strengths against the Nuggets. They, they're still able to get points in the paint. I, I don't think that their transition points are that held down at all in the playoff atmosphere sure it it, it decreased but I just don't think that that the Nuggets have the tools um Jamal Murray seems like a bigger question mark whenever it to me it just seems like the vibe I get from the Nuggets is they just don't want to say that 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 Jamal Murray is not coming back uh because at this point they keep saying there's hope and he and he is doing workouts and he's doing some individual work but he's still experiencing some soreness and time you know in between doing that was the last that I heard on that uh, I, I just don't think he's coming back, especially for the first round. Uh, so I'd, I'd rather play them. Michael Porter Jr., he might be back. I, I think that's a more realistic option. But even that just doesn't scare me. It just does They don't have the, the like, that personnel to really, I don't feel, stop this team in a seven-game series. Yeah, I, I agree with Candace. I think kind of similar to what I said about the Clippers, uh, style of play. I mean, this, the Grizzlies have had a, had a, a lot of success against this Nuggets team. I was like 3-0 and this year. Remember, they had the back-to-back games here in Memphis. Grizz were able to pull both of those out, and then I think they blew them out uh, out in Denver. Uh, you, you're definitely dealing with Jokic. I mean, that's going to be a tough matchup for anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, the poss- possible MVP. You also have to think that you're playing at altitude. But outside of that, I, I think, as Candace said, I think style of play-wise, I don't think Denver has the, the personnel. I know in the playoffs, games are going to slow down. I don't care who you're playing against or what the style of play is. But they don't have the, the style. They don't have the personnel to take the Grizzlies out of what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's why I feel like the Grizzlies will be able to have a lot of success offensively, especially against this team. Jokic is going to get his. You, you right. just concentrate on stopping everybody else. And I think we've seen the formula for the Grizzlies against this team. They've been able to have a lot of success. Again, 3-0, and we'll see what happens on, on the game coming up on Thursday. But they got an opportunity to sweep this team on the season. And I just think and we've seen Jokic go big in these games and the Grizzlies we're still able to win. And I think that's a, a good side of what could happen in the playoffs because I think the Grizzlies defensively can take the other guys out of the game and hold them down enough uh, to, to where they can win games in this season. So I think it, it's a, it's a toss-up because I think with Utah, I, I could I could be swayed either way, uh, as Candace said, because if Utah kind of finds what they were uh, and kind of get back to what they were doing before these struggles, I think that could be a tough matchup. And if they got back to that, I would probably prefer Denver. Uh, but, again, I think either one of these teams, I still think the Grizzlies come out victorious in a seven-game series. I just think we've seen how much success this team had. I mean, you you think you go back-to-back against a, a really good team and you beat them, you would have thought for sure that that was going to be a worse split. The Grizzlies were able to get both of those wins. I just like the, the Grizzlies against the Nuggets. I, I don't think they have the, the personnel, again, to stop them from from doing what they really want to do. I think, I think points in the paint, I think John will be able to – to get downhill in this game, and I don't think they'll have much resistance. I mean, again, it's a solid team. I hate to sound like a homer or be overconfident, but I just feel that's how confident I am about this Grizzlies team, and I don't think Denver, again, can, can stop them from 
doing what they want to do. I don't think they'll be able to slow them down, kind of similar to what I said about the Clippers. I just think they'll get up and down. They'll be able to score points, and I think that's really good for, for the Grizzlies' the possibility of beating them in this series. Yeah, Grizz in five. <laughs> that's my take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Denver just doesn't – like, Jokic is fantastic. We know he is an MVP caliber player. We know what he brings to the table. But the one thing that Denver doesn't have is that paint protector. They don't have a yeah. rim protector. Jokic is a lot of things, but that's one thing that he is not. And they don't have anybody that they can play alongside him to help make that happen. So, you know, I'd say probably the best rim protector on that team is what, Jamichael Green, probably? Yeah. Would you say, you know, like, yes, Aaron love, Gordon, you know, Jamichael for, Green, I guess. Yeah. Former Grizzlies great, Jamichael Green. <laughs> I, I love him, but he's not a guy that strikes fear. You know, he, he's not a guy that is going to keep Ja Morant from getting in the paint and attacking the rim. Obviously, I, I don't think there's anybody that really does that. But there's certain guys who have a better ability to try to control that, and the Nuggets just don't have someone on that roster. This one is is it's more likely to be a second round matchup than it is a first yeah. round matchup. Uh, but that that's again, you know, the, even the second round matchup part of it is kind of iffy. They would have to fall, and the way Utah is playing right now, I don't see that Denver is going to fall. Again, their schedule, they finish at home against the Spurs at the Grizzlies or at home against the Grizzlies on Thursday. And then their final game of the season is against the AARP Lakers. Who, <laughs> who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? So it's it's just long shot that they're even going to match up against them. But because of health, Jamal Murray, even if he does come back, there's no way he's in game shape. Michael Porter Jr. is the same way. Yeah. Porter Jr. played early this season. He was not himself. Yeah. He was dominant last year. He shot over 50% from three in the second half of the season last year. And this year, he couldn't throw a rock in the ocean. He was just bad. So, you know, obviously, if he's healthy, he could come back and possibly be that player. But neither of those guys in a first-round series, for sure, are going to be close to in-game shape. So, I, I'm not worried about it. You know, Grizz and five. I'm, I'll I'll stick with Candace. We can we can roll yeah. with it. So the, hey, the man, last, go ahead. I was gonna say real. So I say real quick, man. I need my royalties on that AARP Lakers. That was that was my <laughs> thing. But, <laughs> but no, man. But no, seriously. But the, the, the piggyback off your point, yeah. When we we both look at Michael Porter Jr. early in the season, I and I remember DMing you. I was like, I'm telling you, man, something's not right with him. You could just tell because I mean he was awesome last year, and you could just tell something wasn't right. With him, I was like, man, either he's hurt or there's something going on with him. And then I think one game later, he was out. Um, and we saw he's been out for, I think he came back one time and then left again. Uh, but when you're dealing with a back, you just never know how that's going to act up. So I don't think, and I'm with Candace, I, I think they're just not going to say that Jamal Murray's going to be back. Because you, are you really going to come back and throw him into a playoff series? Same thing with Kawhi. Like coming off that injury, like I just can't see you coming into a high leverage playoff series and being super effective. I mean, being out that long, I mean, it, it's different coming back early in the season, you're regular season basketball, but coming, throwing somebody in the seven game series and asking them to play major minutes and be a major contributor. I think that's a lot to ask. And I think, especially with Denver, I, I just don't see Jamal Murray or either Michael Porter Jr. I don't think either of them going to be a, a big factor, especially not in the first round series. Nope. Yeah. Not this year. Agreed. So the last team we hadn't talked about out of the four, the possibilities that the Grizzlies could play in the first round is the Minnesota Timberwolves, and nobody has said it, but I think that we would all agree that they would be the bottom of the list because they're probably playing better than any of these other three teams. 
Yeah. Uh, and I think we've seen these matchups against the Timberwolves, and they've all been basically football games. I mean, it's been pounded it's inside me, physical. And Minnesota's big. They have a have a lot of size, and they've just given Grizz a lot of problems. Now, I think Dylan Brooks would would have made a big difference. I remember that last yeah. game where DeAndre Russell won off, DeAngelo Russell went off. That wouldn't have happened if Dylan Brooks was playing. There's no way he goes off like that. So I think that's going to make a big difference. And historically, Dylan has been really good against Minnesota. I think that's something to to kind of throw in. I don't know what it is about the Timberwolves, but he's always seen to, to play well against that team. Certified uh, but, T-Wolves killer. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, but but uh, Patrick Beverly, I mean, going up against Ja in, in a series, I mean, that's definitely something that you, you, you'd have to worry about, man, because he will hurt guys. Like, you don't know what to, what to expect from him. I mean, because he rolled up on Ja's back, and I think the the next to last game that they played this year, um, and Taylor Jenkins kind of said that's kind of where Ja's back issues that we saw few weeks back were coming from back till back to that game against Minnesota and Patrick Beverly rolling up on his back. You, I mean, you just, that, that guy's so unpredictable. You just don't really want to have to deal with that. If you don't have to, it's not that I don't think the Grizz will win the series. Cause I do. I look at this Minnesota team. It's a team that none, none of these guys really have any playoff experience. Um, and, and I think that the Grizzlies don't have a lot of playoff experience either, but they kind of have more than these guys. They've kind of been in more battles. This is kind of new for Minnesota. And I just feel like the Grizzlies, would, would win a series. I mean, I, I think it'll be tough. I think we could probably go. I could even see it going six or seven games. I, but I mm-hmm. think the Grizzlies, in the end, would, would beat this team. They are playing better than, than any of the teams that we talked about. Uh, so I think if, if you had to pick one that you didn't want to play out of this group, it would be Minnesota. But if I had to put money on the Grizzlies on any of these series, I, I think they beat all of these teams. But Minnesota, just kind of style of play-wise, their size, the physicality, I think they would be the ones that I would not want to play the most because I think they can get on some problems. They can kind of blitz Jai and try to keep him out of the pain and force the Grizzlies to shoot threes. But lately, I mean, we've seen the Grizzlies knock down these shots. Now, if that continues, I think they're going to be – we can win a championship. If, if uh, Anthony Melton is shooting the basketball the way that he's been shooting the basketball lately, that gives this team an entirely different dynamic because if they're making threes, you're not beating this team four times. There's, there's not not going to happen. Like That's kind of been one of the Achilles heels. If they're knocking down shots the way they have been lately, they're gonna, it's going to be hard for anybody to beat this team. Even, I think, Phoenix. If, if Grizzlies have been shooting north of 35% from three, man, they're going to be really tough. And I think we could have a parade on Bill. Uh, but, again, I think Minnesota, that's a series where I think they would have to make some shots because I think they're going to do their best to try to keep Jai out of the paint. And I think they're one of the teams out of this group of teams that we've talked about that has more personnel to do that than some of the others. Yeah, I'm not sure that the, that the Timberwolves have been playing the best basketball. You know, ever since Paul George, I mean, over 10 games, yes. Uh, but but since Paul George came back, yeah. I actually argue that that, yeah. that the Clippers are probably playing better overall basketball um, just because the Timberwolves have been just so up and down. You know, they, they they've been really putting are. points on the board, that's for sure. Yeah. The Clippers, I mean, they've been putting 140-plus on the board in multiple games, man. They've been scoring. Yeah, so uh, – but yeah, I, I'd overall agree with pretty much all of everything that you said on that. Um, they really just are such a physical team. Uh, I, I think the only real advantage, other than you know, one advantage that we have, like you mentioned, is our is our playoff experience, which is strange because we really don't have yeah. much um, compared to all the other teams. But we have more than them. The only other advantage I would say would just be to, um, to shut these Timberwolves fans up, man. They really think they're going to sweep yeah. these Grizzlies. Um, they are really confident. They, they're on they're loud, man. They are really <laughs> confident that that they that we'd better be lucky to not play them because they're going <laughs> to sweep us in four. Um, 
that's ridiculous. So I, I really just enjoy that part of it because that's there's no way that's going to happen. I, I, I genuinely don't believe that this team won't be able to overcome the Timberwolves. It, I mean, the series was 2-2. I mean, they played yeah. for, the, for the year. And don't get me wrong, the, the Timberwolves are a tough matchup, but it's not one of those matchups that the Grizzlies haven't shown that they can't overcome. Like you said, Dylan Brooks is a, is a big factor. Um, I think he can make the difference in that game. And he, even if he's not a, a huge factor on the scoreboard, I think his defense alone, because even you can afford it. Let's just go back to that last game where D'Angelo Russell goes off for all those points. Even if he does that, kind of like the Devin Booker game with the, the, you know, when Devin Booker, the last game went off 41 points, even if he does that, I think the defense is holding everybody else up. And so one of, in one of those two ways, I think that ultimately our defense would just be better. It's more consistent. It's more precise. We know how to execute better. They're still trying to figure things out. They're still, um, I think they've got an identity down, but they just don't haven't been in those moments enough times, and they haven't figured out what it's what it's going to take for them. Pat Bev has, but he's 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 more of an emotional leader. Yeah, <laughs> in terms of that, more he emotional, is going to yeah. affect the, then he's going to affect the the X and O's <laughs> when it comes down to execution. So, yeah, that's my take. Yeah, he's not a guy that's going to take over the game. I think oh. D'Angelo Russell, didn't he lead the uh, the Nets to the playoffs his, his year there? I'm pretty sure he yeah. did. Yeah, they did go to playoffs. And, and then yeah. Cat made the playoffs whenever they had Jimmy Butler there mm-hmm. in Minnesota. But, you know, outside of that, Anthony Edwards hadn't made the playoffs yet. So there's, there's definitely – experience in the Grizzlies' favor, and that's, uh, again, it's nuts. The second youngest team in the league, and you're heading into a playoff series with more playoff experience. I, I, I've i got to be clear. I'm not scared of there, – there's no team on this list that I'm scared of. I'm confident the Grizzlies can beat any of them. But when when you're talking preference-wise, matchup, if I can avoid having Ja face Patrick Beverly in a playoff series because of that physicality – I'm, I'm all for it. And that is, you know, not that I think that Patrick Beverly is going to lock Ja up, but I just don't trust that Patrick Beverly is going to play the game the right way. I, right. I just don't. Like he, he, you know, rolling up on his back, he is a guy that he, he lets his emotion, emotions get in the way. And we, we've witnessed that happen on multiple occasions. Not that he's really done anything. I, I I don't recall an exact example of he has intentionally hurt a player. So I'm not trying to imply. The push on Chris Paul in the back. That would probably be the most egregious yeah. one. So so, but like outside of that, like that that that's. Can you think of another example? Has he done anything other than that one? I mean, I, that's bad enough. Don't get me wrong, that's bad enough. But I, I can't think of anything else. I was trying to remember, but that's the only one that comes to mind for me. So I, I feel like there was another one with Chris Paul. Yeah, it does feel like it, yeah, it does feel like it was one other incident that yeah. he had. I, I I can remember, but he just does little things like you can see little things that he does that just you just rather not have your guy, especially your superstar player, have to deal with that over a series. Right. I mean, he's just he's dangerous. So that's that's kind of the word I would put. I was saying every time the Grizz play, I'm like, this guy is dangerous. Like I'm always every play, I'm like worried something's gonna happen it's just little things that he does little veteran things that he does that he gets away with that, that you just rather not not see so i mean that's yeah. that's kind of my thoughts on on, on patrick beverly 
that yeah, that was gonna be my that was gonna be my exact point. It's sort of part of his game that that it isn't so noticeable and egregious yeah. because then he just getting foul trouble, right? What he's good at is is, is making it rough on the other opponent, doing little yeah. dirty stuff here and there, and and getting away with it, and not getting the foul or anything. But your player ends up limping across the court or yeah. playing on one leg like he was against Timberwolves last time, um, like Ja was <laughs> last time that we ended up playing uh, the Timberwolves. So yeah. That's definitely something that you don't want to see, especially with John Morant just coming off injury. Um, we want to see him healthy um, for every game in the playoffs. Yeah, the Grizzlies are supposed to give us an update on him Thursday, him being John yeah. Morant, obviously. Um, I, I had somebody message me today, and they're like, where are you at? Do you think John plays in the playoffs? Well, and and I, I'm on the side of he's 100% playing game one of this round one series. Well, I, I, I was going to say an update that Mark, Mark Giannato – for the commercial appeal reported this morning that that John Morant practiced fully today uh, with with the team that they didn't do any physical physical work and he's still scheduled to be updated on Thursday. But the way from where it sounds, it, that, I mean, he went he did everything that they did today, and I would expect him. It just sounded like he would be full participant in practice. So I kind of expect him to play, uh, but before the regular season, I think one of these last games, maybe the Pelican game on Saturday, they kind of go full tilt and they set everybody against the Celtics on Sunday. I think we're gonna see something like that. I think they need a dress rehearsal, at least one game to kind of play the regular rotation before they go into playoffs. I would hate to see them going in kind of doing this. Now, the injury report came out for tomorrow. The only guy that's on there outside of John, they played Tyrell Terry on there is out, which I thought that was interesting, along with Killian Tilly and Ja. Uh, but they had Dylan Brooks is doubtful, so it looks like they're going to gonna play all the guys except Dylan. I guess this is his rest game. I think they had hip soreness for Dylan listed as doubtful, so Looks like they're not going to continue to, like, mass rest guys. That was my only concern. I didn't want to see what they did against Phoenix in two or three more games out of these last four. And so it right. look, doesn't look like that's going to be the case, and I'm hoping they get one game with job. But they did say he went through full workout today, so hopefully that's a good sign. If, if they thought there was anything wrong, I don't think he would be doing that or doing anything like that. So if we've got re-evaluation Thursday. I, I got a feeling that he's going to play at least one game before we get to the playoffs. I, I yeah. can't help but wonder if the hip soreness from Dylan is from the celebration after he slapped in that layup. <laughs> I'm like, it's a valid I, I just, <laughs> But I still don't know how he made that, man. I have no yeah, idea man. how he oh got it all the way. That shot, I, I'm telling you, I've never, it's uh, like a roller coaster of emotions. You, you guy gets the ball on the wing, and there's plenty, there's 20 feet between him and DeAndre Ayton and doesn't attack the basket. I'm like, ah, oh, just go, just go. <laughs> and then, you know, you get it to Dylan, and I'm like, oh, that's a – holy yeah. crap, I can't believe you made that shot. You know, just – Because I was just glad he got fouled. Yeah. Yeah, I was, just, I was just glad he got fouled. I was like, oh, it's not going to go in. Man. At least he's going to get two free throws. And it went in. I was like, I had to, like, rewind it. I was like, did that really go in? I said, man, it's a crazy shot. He, he's good at making those wild shots, man. But I wouldn't rule that out because I think that happened before. You can't, I can't remember what game it was. We had some crazy celebration, and then he was on the injury list. <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> like that. Game, like the I remember game. that. Yeah. We're, we're blaming it on the uh, the layup post layup celebration. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan Brooks injured his hip. No. That, that, that is not action. factual. We are. We, that's a farce. We're just kidding. If you're listening, that is not. We, we cannot confirm that that can't is. Can't deny it though. No, can't no deny. exactly. We, we cannot. There's still a lot to be decided in this playoff race. Obviously, the Grizzlies are locked in. Golden State, Dallas have secured their spot. We talked about the first round matchup. I think we still got plenty of time here. We can feel you're, you're looking at this. Dallas has been pushing Golden State here for that three seed. And I, 
I don't know which way I would rather see this go. I think we're kind of divided on this as to which way you would see this go because the two, three, hold on. Let me let, I'm going to look at the bracket because I absolutely do not want to get this wrong. I want to know yeah, your. I yeah. want to know your take, David. So, so two, two, three. <laughs> so you already is know on mine. The, yeah, Dad. We are, Isaac and I know each other's takes. Yeah, two, two three is on the same side of the bracket, and and so that that's yeah. important for the Grizzlies. That three four matchup, or that that two three seeding there between Golden State and Dallas, which one is going to end up where? And you know, Dallas ha- had been pushing, and then who they play was it the wizards the other night that they played and lost yeah they played somebody blasted it was the wizards yeah yeah, yeah, yeah they, they, they should have beat that. and that's a, the kate that it was i remember it was the wizards the kp revenge game he yep. didn't really go crazy but he had a pretty good game against them and i just think that's kind of fitting they they gave him away for what i think is pennies on the dollar and uh then he then he has a good game to possibly knock them out of getting into that three seed so so we're heading into this matchup and for me, I, I'll go ahead and lead off. I would much rather the Golden State Warriors fall to the four seed and be on Phoenix's yeah. side of the bracket. <laughs> oh, because I the <laughs> I, here's the thing. Luca and Dallas, they have not got there. We know that Luca is generational talent. We know that he's a phenomenal player. But the supporting cast – now, yeah. And I don't want to – I'm not downplaying it because Dwight Powell has been playing fantastic lately. Spencer Dinwiddie has been a revelation since he got to that team. He's been a huge part of this team, like this push that they've made here in the, the end of the season. Uh, Jalen Brunson, he's kind of stepped back a little bit since Dinwiddie got there, but he still had one heck of a season. They've got some great players. Dorian Finney-Smith is a guy. He's kind of a, a Swiss Army knife. You know, he's a good defender. He is just not going to make mistakes. He plays good, high IQ basketball. But none of these guys, if you're looking at overall talent and the matchup, the depth chart, you have Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, and then probably the next four players, if you're ranking top to bottom, probably the next four are all Golden State Warriors guys, and they have done it. J- Jordan Poole would be the, the only exception to that rule, but – Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, these guys, they've won championships together. They know what they need to do to get it done. I'm not a huge fan of Steve Curry, but he are Steph Curry. Jeez, Louise. I'm mixing up Steve names, Curry. man. Steve, Steve Curry. Curry. Steve, Steve Curry. I think that he is highly overrated whenever it comes to coaching. I think yeah. that he has a great staff on the bench with him, but they know what they need to do to win playoff series. Dallas has not proven that they can do that. And with the change in, in the second half of the season, I, I, I got to think that the Grizzlies would have more of an advantage against that Dallas team than they would Golden State. Again, I'm not scared of Golden State. The Grizzlies have proven that they could beat them. They beat them in the play-in last year. I know that a seven-game series is different than just a play-in, a one-game shootout, but – I have confidence in this team because of what they've been able to do. You look at the depth of this team, what they were able to do against the Suns in the game when you were resting basically all of your starters. They beat the Nets. They beat the Bucks shorthanded. This team has beaten good teams without some of their best player. And while the, the depth does not make a ton of difference in the playoff, 
I think it will make enough difference that it could be the difference in a seven-game series. Well, I, I guess I'm going to go ahead and go since I think Candace has a – I think we foreshadowed that she has a different opinion than us, but I think I kind of reiterate everything that you said. I mean, you kind of hit on all the points there. I think you, you look at the series, and the Mavericks won the series 3-1, to one, and I think a lot of greatest Grizzlies fans have watched these four matchups over the season. They've kind of – built this narrative that it's a terrible matchup. And again, I'm, I'm not going to say that it, it's a great matchup because Dallas wants to get you in the mud, slow you down, kind of like the old grit and grind Grizzlies. They don't want to allow you to get, get up and down. They're really good defensively. But I caution people to not take as much out of regular season matchups, especially when you look at these four. I think there were a lot of a lot of different variables in this game. Like you look at that first game, there was no Loka, no KP in that one, no job for the Grizzlies. That's the one they won. Uh, that was way back on December 4th, and they played each other December 8th a few days later. Uh, you had no jaw in that game. Um, and the, the Bears ended up winning that one, a 104 to 96. I think that game was in Dallas. Then you had one where the Grizzlies got blown out 112 85 here in Memphis. And that was like the, at the end of ridiculous stretch of games. I can't remember something like 12 and 15 or something insane uh, that they were coming off of in that game. And I think they were just gassed. And the Mavericks did get that last matchup but you had no Dylan Brooks in those last two. Um, I think the playoffs are a different beast. Like, anytime you're in a playoff matchup, you're solely focused is on that one team. Like, you're not worried about any other teams. And I think you see some of the disadvantages that you feel like the Grizzlies have in this matchup. I feel like, number one, I feel like Taylor Jenkins is a much better coach than Jason Kidd. Like, I, number one, um, I, I feel like that that's a thing that you'll see in the series. I feel like Taylor Jenkins can out-coach out Jason Kidd. But just like David said, I feel like you take Luka and Steph and you set them aside, I think the next four players you're looking at, Clay Thompson, I mean, I think it might be even five. You look at Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, uh, Jordan Poole, and Andrew Wiggins, I think you could name all those players before you name anybody on Dallas. I, I think, and, and I think that matters, especially in a seven-game series. But Luka's going to get his. You're not going to shut Luka down, but I think having Dylan Brooks against him will help. And I think the Grizzlies defensively can do enough to shut those other guys down. I think even if Luca's going off for 40, I think you can still beat that team. And I just, I'm not as worried about that matchup as a lot of Grizzlies fans seem to be. I put out on Twitter the other day, a lot of people treating this Dallas team like it's a 96 Bulls or something. Like, like, like the Grizzlies can't beat this team. And I, I just don't agree with that. I think those four matchups this season were so wild, like different things going on, different guys in that lineup. Like I said, they had that game at the end of that crazy stretch for the Grizzlies. I think if you get into a, a seven-game series and you're, their sole focus is on the Mavericks, I think Taylor Jenkins can find ways to, to kind of neutralize some of those advantages that is perceived that Dallas has over this team. So I, I think for me, I, I'm definitely on board with Golden State falling the four and if a potential second-round matchup. I, I take Dallas because I feel like Golden State has been there. I don't think – I don't have a high opinion of Jason Kidd or uh, Steve Kerr as coaches, but Steve yeah. Kerr, like David said, has been in these wars. They've been to the finals. They've won championships. They know how to win playoff series. And you have that main core guy, a group of guys, of Steph Curry, uh, Draymond Green, and, and Clay Thompson. And you add Jordan Poole to that. I mean, the Grizzlies' perimeter defense hasn't necessarily been their strength. And they have three or four guys that can, can light you up for the perimeter. And if they're healthy, I just – I feel like a healthy Warriors team scares me more than, than, than Dallas. And I'm not scared of either of these teams. I think the Grizzlies can beat either one of them. But I'm – 100%. It's not even close to me. I would rather play Dallas. And, I mean, if we, they could get into a series Dallas and lose, and people would be like, oh, well, see if they played the Warriors. Well, I mean, any of these teams are tough. 
But if you give me a preference, I'm definitely going to go Dallas over Golden State. All right. Before <laughs> I go on my, before I go on my, uh, sorry, no, that was a rant right here yeah. and explain it here. <laughs> I, I will, I will say these two things. So one, I do think that that Memphis has a chance against both of these teams. So I'm, I don't, I don't think that uh, Dallas. I, I obviously think just best off for been foreshadowed here that the preference is for me the Golden State Warriors. But I don't by any means think that they're just going to get railroaded by Dallas because I think the the Porzingis trade makes makes a big difference. It yeah, just, I forgot it, to even mention that. Yes. Yeah. So um, I think that that changes sort of the matchup. I know Porzingis has been a really tough matchup for Jaron, and with that eliminated. Uh, I think that that helps us, and I think we could probably beat both of these teams. So, so uh, but I do have a preference against the Warriors just in terms of stylistically. My second caveat that I want to say is that my opinion is not formed on the outcomes of the regular season against Dallas, uh, I, because I do I, – I mean, even in those games, I'm kind of thinking like, okay – so y'all caught us on the wrong day for I think at least two of those games. Yeah. Like I feel like I feel like they caught us on the wrong day. Um, and I feel like we could have at the very least paid better. Um, in fact, that game um where we where they snapped our 11 game winning streak, I think that had we not been so tired, we actually probably could have yeah. taken that game because the first half we were pretty much well in control of that game. And then we just, I mean, they just they just ran out of gas. They just yeah, didn't it have like it. they were running through. Yeah, the you yeah, they didn't yeah. have a single thing yeah. left to give. Yeah, man. they were done, man. <laughs> that picture of Don Moran laying on the floor after the foul, man. <laughs> It pretty much speaks at all. So um, I, I think it could have been matchup-wise, we probably could have won more games um, than, than what appeared and what ultimately ended up being the result. But I, my preference is the Warriors. We, t- we talked about it earlier just because of how the, they play. Uh, one, Warriors want to get them down the court. Um, and I and I do hear your point on the, you know, a healthy Warriors team. But my thing is I don't think this team is going to be healthy this year. I just don't. I don't, I don't anticipate even in the second round. Draymond's still trying to find his way back. Um, he just doesn't – he hasn't really looked the same even to his own admission. He doesn't really feel the same. Um, Steph's going to come back, and while that's not a back injury, Steph has not been having a particularly great year himself. Um, Clay has very much so been up and down in his performances. In fact, um, I know on paper they look – they you're, you're right. On paper, these are the better players. I mean, all of the, the – Poole, Draymond, Clay. Uh, you know, everybody's deaf. They're all better than, you know, the next guy on the on, on the Dallas Mavericks. But I think on paper is different than on the court. Um, I think it just comes down to the Warriors haven't figured out who they want to be yet. And sure, they, they have some time. They'll have a round in the playoffs to sort of um, gather some momentum. But I'm just not sure they're going to be able to put it all together. It, I'd argue that Jordan Poole has been one of their more consistent players this year. And he's got no experience. I mean, he had to play in that we beat him in but um I just think that with the Warriors they haven't fixed the things that we feast on they haven't fixed the turnovers that's huge for the Grizzlies I mean sure they can they they're talented they can they can shoot it up some nights (laughs) some nights they just they just haven't been that efficient this year either uh but but man if they're going to turn that ball over that's exactly what this Grizzlies team needs. That's exactly what this Grizzlies team thrives off of. And, and, and they really are in their element in that way. They get to play their style of basketball, which is always going to be an advantage. Um, and also just, I think this, this, it seems like this team enjoys playing the white. And, may, and that, that may be me completely projecting, but just, uh, just how the, these things have gone, the Golden State Warriors sort of being that kind of competition, um, they just seem to kind of get up for those kind of games. And against Dallas, I mean, I think uh, De- Dylan Brooks, their podcast, uh, Kelsey Wright podcast um, with uh, Grand-, Grand City Media, 
And I think he was asked about um, matchups and playoffs. And he sort of just volunteered that one thing they haven't been able to do yet is figure out how to beat Dallas. Um, and so I think that's something that they worry about. Um, Dylan Brooks, the last time he did play against the, the Dallas Mavericks, I believe that was a game that he got ejected from. This was a foul trouble. I know that style of play tends to frustrate them. Uh, visibly, it tends to frustrate them. I think some of those Dallas Maverick games have been the most unpoised I've seen the team. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're not poised some of the time, but those Dallas games, I, I don't know if they've yet figured out how to beat that style more than more than the team. I think that style, uh, it really, if any team can do that, it, it concerns me more. Um, I think we're they're a bad matchup for us. And we're a bad matchup for the Warriors is how it comes down to. And so if you're going to, if you're going to ask me my opinion on do I prefer to play the bad matchup against us or do I prefer to be the bad matchup against another team, I just take my chances on prefer to be, be the bad matchup against the team. Like I said, you guys have good points. Um, I'm not sweating and losing sleep over the Dallas Mavericks, but I, I really think we, we stand a better chance given the style of play against the Warriors. So the two two points that I definitely agree with with you is the injury thing. Number one, if they're not going to be healthy, I, I think I agree with you. But I, I'm just kind of going on, think that they're going to have a, a a one round to get healthy, and I kind of like the the idea of them having to play the Suns in in, in the second round because I think they were kind of beat up on each other. You know, if the Grizzlies were able to advance and say the Golden State Warriors upset Phoenix, uh, Grizzlies yeah. would have home court advantage in the West Conference Finals. I kind of like that route better uh but and also the turnovers i do agree with you on the turnovers i think that's definitely something that the grizzlies if they were in the series with the warriors can feed off of that's been big for them in, in the games they played against them so i, I do agree with you on the point there i just kind of kind of some, the, the reasons that i just laid, laid out early and kind of the things i just said that's kind of the reason why i just feel like phoenix and, and golden state beat up on each other you playing dallas because i do feel like they beat dallas and you get to the western conference finals and i, I would rather play I think uh, take Phoenix in, in the Western Conference Finals and have to deal with them in, in the second round. It's just kind of kind of where I'm at on that. I mean, I, I think either way, uh, I feel like the Grizzlies can – I'm not scared going into either one of those series, but I think I still lead toward Dallas. But if you if you could convince me that Golden State was going to be healthy, I might be able to, to be convinced to go the other way on. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say I'll say this. I, I, I think I – I, I I don't disagree with your points about about Dallas. The one thing, and it may just be me having post traumatic stress disorder. I feel like if this game, I feel like if this matchup against if Grizzlies play the Mavericks, it's, it probably is a good chance to go to the game seven. And the shot that Luca took to take us that basically forced us oh, to man. play in the play in last year. Oh man, just plays in my head over and over again, man. I I still <laughs> I can't believe if it you goes made that to shot. a game seven that uh, Luca can take us. Um, that's about, I, I, I lean more towards that than, they, than yeah, <laughs> I feel like the turnovers can't help us keep, stay in the game against the Warriors, but man, if Luka hits one of those miracle shots, it, that's, that's tough. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not within the realm of possibility. I don't think anybody on this team would really be able to stop Luka. And I think the other teams, the other team members have gained a team chemistry that I think I'd actually say their team chemistry to some extent is stronger than the Warriors, even though the Warriors core has played a lot of games together. They got a lot. They got a, everybody outside of that core is pretty inexperienced. And so um, I'd actually, 
I fear the cohesion of the Dallas Mavericks a little bit more. They've been hot, man, since the All-Star break. I think they're like 14 and 6 or something like that, the Dallas Mavericks. They're, they're, they've been tough. Um, meanwhile, the, the Golden State Warriors, have, I think they lost, they only won three of their last 10. Um, so just a momentum thing, too. I know they would have a first round, and I think they probably would beat up on the Denver Nuggets pretty good. I, I don't think the Nuggets really stand a chance in that one. So that, that might help them get their confidence up. I give you that much. So I think that one of the things that Jason Kidd has been able to do with this Maverick squad this year is he was able to convince Luca to buy in on the defensive end. Yeah. When your best player is bought in to what you're trying to do, it makes the team better. Yeah. I, I get the concerns with the Dallas Mavericks, regardless of what that matchup is. If the Grizzlies get to that point, it's going to be tough. If they match mm-hmm. up against Dallas, it's going to be tough. If they match up against Golden State, it's going to be tough. I don't expect either one of these series to be a cakewalk. But the one thing that I, I would like to point out, the Dallas Mavericks, since the trade, since, well, since basically post-All-Star break, their defensive rating ha- has slouched. They're top seven. Yeah, it has. Year. They're top seven at one. Looked at that last night. Since February 24th, which is right after the, the tra- um, right after the All-Star break, they've dropped down to 115.1, and that moves them to the middle of the pack. And you know, can, can you say that Kristaps Porzingis was making that much of a difference, or is it just they're scoring more so the defense is a little lax? I don't know. There, there's a lot of factors that go into that, but that that is something that you have to keep an eye on. Uh, again, I I don't know that there's a team that, that I'm scared of. The the one team out of all of the playoffs that I look at it that that I think would be just a nightmare matchup for the Grizzlies is the Milwaukee Bucks, and you wouldn't see them until the finals. And the reason that you had, you know, that I say the Bucks is just the the plethora of players that they have and what all they're able to do. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis, uh, you know, we know what Grayson Allen is capable of too. He's obviously like way down the line compared to those other guys. But I think the matchup with Giannis is tough, even though the Grizzlies did just beat them in a regular season game. I That is out of any of the teams in the playoffs, that's the one team that I would say I would be most scared of. But if they're facing them at that point, I'm going to be happy anyway because it's in the finals. Yeah, that's yeah, the point. I, yeah. I'm just saying, man, and I know this is this is off topic, uh, but when you, when you look at the Eastern Conference, I, I I kind of think I know your answer from what you just said. But when you look at those those top teams, like I know Milwaukee has played well, but I'm not as sold on them as I was last year. And you look at Philadelphia, definitely not sold on them right now. And Miami ha- has their issues, and Brooklyn has been struggling, even though they've won games. I mean, they haven't looked good in, in, in a while like what what are your thoughts on kind of you know you guys thoughts on kind of the top of the east right now I, I guess I would still have to have Milwaukee up there but when I watch those teams all those teams look to none of those teams look to be dominant to me I know people thought after the trade for Harden with Philadelphia they were going to be that team and for a couple of games they look like that but since then they they look to have some issues with in their team because even against bad teams I mean they won some of those games against like Orlando, but I think Orlando had them down at double digits. They had to go to overtime to win that game. None of those teams, to me, really at the top of the East has really solidified themselves as that team. People are going to say Milwaukee because they won a championship last year. But when I watched that team, I, I saw the Grizzlies. I know they were out Drew Holiday, but the Grizzlies beat that team by 25 points without John Morant here. And I, I know that might be 
kind of what's sticking in my mind. But watching their games, I've just seen some games that just seems like they're not consistent. Milwaukee, and maybe that's just a team that's bored and they're going to get in the playoffs and turn it on. What, what do you guys kind of think of those top-tier teams in the East right now? Brooklyn shouldn't even be mentioned in the top tier. They can't yeah, spell no. defense. They Please. can't stop anybody. I mean, they've been bad, are, are, man. They, they yeah. are like they have two of probably the top 15, 20 players of all time, but they they can't play defense at all. Their defense is awful, and that matters in the playoffs. So, you know, they win this 9-10 game, and then they have to win against the loser of the, the Cleveland Atlanta game. Is it a guarantee that they're even going to make it to the the eight seed? And I don't think it is because let's say that Atlanta happens to lose to Cleveland and Brooklyn beats Charlotte. Then Brooklyn has to play Trey Young and the Hawks. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now that defense don't want, like Trey Young is going to cook them. And I it would not surprise me at all that Brooklyn would not be one of the last eight teams in the in the East that they get knocked out in the play in because their inability to stop like they can't stop anybody. Their depth so, is a big problem as well. They you know, they don't have anybody. You go you get past Kyrie and and, and, and KD and it's like I mean what what else do they have? I mean that well, they don't really have anything else. That's it. Like and you, you we names, saw that yeah yeah we saw together. that in Memphis yeah we saw that in Memphis where. I mean, those guys went off. They had 78 points combined, and you still lose that game by 12. I mean, that's kind of their issue. I mean, you could have those two guys go nuclear, but they don't get any help. Uh, I mean, and as David said, they can't stop anybody. I mean, teams are going to put points on the board against them. I just don't believe in that team. I see a lot of people on ESPN still marking them down in the finals, and it's just because of names. It's because yeah, they got KD and Kyrie, and I'm not buying it at all. I, I yeah. know we've witnessed what – uh, Kyrie and KD are able to do in the playoffs, and we know what caliber of player that they are. But look, look at the Lakers this year. The supporting cast matters. The team composition matters. The Lakers, and I don't know if you guys saw this or not, and it's not a Lakers podcast, I know, and they're not even in this, so maybe we shouldn't be talking about them. But Magic Johnson was on, and he was talking about DeMar DeRozan mentioned that he wanted to be a Laker. The Lakers could have went out and signed him and then made a trade. They could have moved Kuzma and whatever to go and get Buddy healed. And then that Lakers team looks completely different than what it is. Mm -hmm. Instead, the Lakers package all these role players, all of the role players that matter, their defensive role players, their shooters, they package all of them up, and they send them to Washington to get Russ, and, and it backfired on them. Brooklyn, their composition is better than what the Lakers is. But depth is going to be an issue, and that's to me that's an issue for Philadelphia. Philadelphia gave up all of their depth to go and get James Harden. Now, once you get outside of their starting five, their sixth man is who? Uh, uh, Georges Yang. Like he's not yeah. a sixth man on any team in the playoffs. You you look at any other roster that is in the playoffs right now. And he's not a sixth man for any other team in the league except for the 76ers. And that's because of lack of depth. The teams, there's there's two teams in the East that I think it's going to come down to. Miami's had problems, but Eric Spolster is a hell of a coach. That team is going to be trouble. I feel like Miami or Milwaukee ends up coming out. A week ago before Robert Williams got injured, I would have said Boston in a landslide yep, defensively. Would, yep. um, and like they they have been the best defense second half of the season. They have the highest net rating of any team in the league in the second half of the season. 
Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown are shutting people up. This whole they can't play together. It, it's you can't say that anymore. Those guys have led this team. They're they're in the two spot right now, and they're likely to finish there. But Philadelphia doesn't scare me with James Harden. James Harden has a history of going invisible in the playoffs. And yeah. once you get past their starting five, they've got squat. So they don't scare me at all. I, th- I feel like Chicago beats them, even though Chicago has not been playing well. I think Chicago beats them in the first round. Yeah. I, I definitely, I was going to well, sorry, I, I can definitely see that. I think, I think that would be a series that could definitely go seven. I just don't believe in them. Um, and, and James Harden hasn't really, I mean, as of late, he hasn't really played the way. I know the numbers look okay, but if you watch those games, he hasn't really, he hasn't really been good. I mean, he's been inefficient in a lot of those games. Like I said, the numbers look good, but that team doesn't have any depth. I mean, you look at we talk about George Niang is probably that their their best player off the bench, and I mean, Danny Green looks old. I mean, I, he's a shell of himself. He's not the yeah. player that he once was. They just don't have the depth, and I, I don't I don't like the fit uh, between with with Harden. I know, and they're gonna look back on that trade map. They don't get a championship out of this. That's gonna be a a bad, a really really bad deal they made. People kind of champion them as kind of the winners of that deal. In the beginning, you know, those first couple games, it looked like it was going to be revelation. Like, oh, yeah, this team's on the way to the finals. But since then, it hasn't really looked like that. And they got some issues on that team. And, again, their depth, they just don't don't have any. And I definitely think Chicago will give them a big run for that money. Sorry, Candace. Yeah. No, I was. I just want to make this quick point about Brooklyn Nets. To me, it just seems like they, they're in the play-in just because all the other teams are so much worse than they are. And I, I know the Eastern yeah. Conference record-wise looks better than the Western Conference record-wise. But I just got to say, in terms of how these teams are playing, uh, but I, I just think if Brooklyn, if Brooklyn had were going if they were in a race against the Spurs, I don't know how that turned out for them. Um, just to be honest, but but anyway, uh, I, I agree with everything that you guys said. I, I, if it wasn't for the injury with with the with Robert Williams, I just would have said the Celtics scared me the most. Um, yeah, and, and because of how they're yeah. playing, I, I still think they've got enough maybe not momentum, but they've got enough continuity to still kind of put it together. And they do have quite a, quite a bit of experience in the, in the finals and deep playoff runs and things like that. And so it's kind of a toss up as to what they'll do. They do anticipate that they might get Robert Williams back maybe in the second round. He won't be full strength, but if you're talking about the finals, um, you know, that, that if they can stay around that long, I, I think they'd have a, they'd have a chance to give me a real run. I mean, the Grizz is a real run for their money, uh, but the the books have been really up and down. It's been interesting to yeah. watch him. Um, this season, they they get blown out. Sometimes get blown out by teams that I just think they should yeah. railroad, yep. and sometimes they railroad teams that I don't think they should. So it's just, I know part of it's been injury. They haven't had their big three, you know, consistently, but they've had them enough games where, um, you know, I don't know. I, I it's just something. I can't put my finger on it exactly with Milwaukee. Maybe it's the Brook Lopez thing. Maybe them getting him back. I know that will give them a boost, but I I. I have to go Milwaukee just to give them the respect. They're the, they're the finals champions, but I actually think I'm scared of the Celtics a little bit more in the heat. Um, I, I, I'm not sure about the heat either. Uh, the, uh, Kyle Lowry seems to be their Kyle Lowry seems to be their X factor. A lot of the times that they're really going to uh, kick it up into high gear. He tends to be the at least recently been the one getting that boost. And uh, I just don't know if he can do that for a seven game series. I don't know if Jimmy, Butler is going to be able to get them over the edge. And I know they, they, they're extremely well coached. So uh, that's a factor, but I don't know if they really scare me and as a team. I know it'd be really competitive, uh, but if we, if, if the Grizzlies somehow managed to come out of the West, 
beat the Suns, I actually would, I think, I think the Suns would be maybe not more of a challenge. But actually, I'm just go ahead and say that there would be a little bit more of a challenge, I think, than, than Miami would be. Um, because the Suns have this the same experience. I, I feel good. Uh, if the Grizzlies weren't making to the finals, I think I agree with Kansas. I think Boston matchup wise to me, I think could cause the Grizzlies the most problems. But mm-hmm. with home court advantage, I feel like if the Grizzlies get to the finals, we're gonna have a parade on Bill. I think Phoenix is that monster that they would have to overcome. If they get past that, I feel pretty good. Even against Milwaukee. I like I I know Young is a tough matchup for anybody, but I just think we saw that game here. I mean, Grizz won that game by 25. I know Drew Holiday wasn't playing, but John wasn't playing either in that game. And and they had the game up in in, in Philly in, in Philly in Milwaukee early in the season where Milwaukee kind of led the whole game. They got up big and the Grizzlies if they had a couple more minutes in that game, I think the Grizz probably come back and win that game. Yeah, they had that furious rally at the. They had a furious rally at the end. That went weird too. Yeah, did, did, weird. Did, did Dylan play that game? I don't think Dylan played that game. No, he wasn't. He wasn't playing that game. Even go back to last year, I remember that game late in the season where Drew Holiday hit that shot at the bu- at, uh, near the buzzer. I think with a couple seconds left, they ended up winning that game by one. The Grizzlies have played Milwaukee pretty tough. Um, mm-hmm. I think they they won at Milwaukee, at Milwaukee last year. They lost the game here uh, and, and so they, and they kind of flip-flopped this year won a game here lost a game up there but I, I I like the way the Grizz match up with that team I think Boston we saw that match up at Boston out of when you look back on the season I think and you can't go to those Dallas matchups I kind of talk about the weird things happening in those but outside of that I think Boston is a team that's probably made the Grizzlies look as bad as you've seen them look this season in the yeah. game and they just couldn't Defense, couldn't man. get together in that game defense man scoring wise they just look bad in that game and that the testament to Boston defense. I think they're really well coached. He made Udoka is a guy that I, when they hired Taylor Jenkins, he was on the list for the Grizz kind of name that kind of was bounced around. I, I liked him. I thought he was deserved a shot, and I thought that was, he would be a good coach for the Grizzlies. But Taylor Jenkins has done fantastic. I think he's coach of the year, by the way. And they also got Damon Stoudemire as an assistant on that staff. I think they're coached really well, and man, Jason Tatum is just a bad matchup for the Grizzlies. Um, so, I mean, I think Boston, to me, is the worst matchup, but I think you've got to put Milwaukee at the top of the heat just because they won the championship last year. Uh, they were in the finals, but when I look at the team, as Candace said, they just look as inconsistent to me. There's just something that isn't 100% right there. I don't know. I'm just not a full believer in them. They're a really good team, but it's just something about them that I, I just look at. The inconsistencies, I think, is the biggest thing for me. You've seen them not look good against some bad teams, and I don't know what it is. Again, I don't know if it's Fordham. It's just a team where they won a championship last year, and they're going to say, oh, well, we know we, we, we're we good. As long as we get in the playoffs, we got on court advance, blah, blah, blah. We're getting the playoffs, turn it on. But something to me that just hasn't been fully there for them this season. I know they've had some injuries, but even when they didn't, it's just been something a little off to me. I, I, give the, I will give this caveat. I will give this one. The Eastern Conference is substantially stronger than the Western Conference. The Western Conference is top-heavy, and that's about it. Uh, just because of how much injuries have affected the Western Conference uh, playoff picture, I think. And so maybe that's part of it in terms of the inconsistency. Maybe they're just, you know, they're kind of beating up on each other to some extent. But um, I, I still go back down to the games where, you know, the top teams play the play the playing teams and they're still doesn't, they don't seem to be able to really take control over those games. And maybe the Eastern Conference is just that stack. But um, yeah, I think ultimately I still land on the side that you do. But I, I just thought I would throw that caveat in there. Do you guys know what seed the Bucks were last year when they won the title? No, I don't remember actually. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Had to be they, they no, were I the three seed. They the were three the three seed. seed in the East. So um, I think some of this stuff is just the championship hangover. I think yeah, you know, that's what I was saying. Yeah. 
Yeah. I feel like you you fight so hard to get there. And we watched this team. Giannis goes back to back with MVP. He's a guy to me. I think that he should be ahead of Embiid in the MVP talks. I think it should be a two-man race between Jokic and Giannis. But I'm not going to dig into that too much. I, I, I think a lot of this losing to teams that you shouldn't lose to and getting blown out by teams that you shouldn't is just from that championship hangover. Could be wrong. They may get in here against against this Toronto team. You know Toronto is going to be scrappy. They're going to play their starters 847 minutes a game because that's what <laughs> Nick Nurse does. Like yeah. they, he doesn't rest guys. So you know, the the thing for me when the Bucks lost to Memphis at Memphis just recently was the non Giannis minutes. And yes, Drew Holiday was not on the floor, but that bench could not execute offense. Maybe Drew Holiday makes a difference there. I'm not not even maybe. He absolutely does make a difference there. But the Bucks have to find a way when Giannis is off the floor to not lose by so much. They have to keep it close when Giannis is not on the floor because when he's on the floor, he's going to make an impact. He's one of the best players in the world, no doubt about it. It's, it's going to be fun to watch. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd say easily that the East is probably stronger than the West because you look at at the West and outside of four teams, I don't think that you can legitimately say that any of these other teams have a chance to make it to the finals. And you look at the East and there's probably seven teams that can make it to the finals. I, I don't think that yet like Trey Young and the Hawks have had stretches of bad games this year, but that team is still dangerous. That team is still good. That you know, is it possible because of the Robert Williams injury that you see them win that first play-in game and then win the series against Boston and go on to the finals coming out of that eight seed? It's not likely, but it is possible. And and I'm not convinced that you're going to see the Pelicans or the Spurs or the T-Wolves or the Clippers be able to do that. And you've got Brooklyn and Atlanta in the East at the and they're the eight and ten seed that could possibly make that type of run. Yeah, I agree with you on the Hawks. They're, they're role players. They've really stepped up. Kevin Herter has been really good as of, as of late. DeAndre Hunter is having a good season. Clay Capella is playing really well. They're peaking at the right time. Um, and that, that team, as you said, that Hawks team is dangerous. And Brooklyn better watch out uh, if it ends up being that team. Because that team can beat you. They can really put points on the board. Trey Young has games where he doesn't, doesn't look as good, but he can – any given night, he can go off 40, 45 on you. And, and that's the dangerous with that team because they can really put points on the board. We saw that game against Memphis, even without Trey Young, uh, how that team can really, really score and be hard to stop at times. So that, that those East playoffs are going to be crazy, man. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited for it. And of course, we're excited about the Grizzlies here being the second seed. But at East playoffs, man, it's going to be a spectacle. That's going to be really, really fun to watch, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. I just like to piggyback off what what you said, what you guys just said. I think if it if, if with Atlanta with that Atlanta and Brooklyn matchup, which I'm really interested to see, if it's, if it's defense on no defense, um, I just think Trey Young <laughs> he's sort of proven he can he can he's got that spark, he's got that chip on the shoulder. That I think he's got maybe more to prove than 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 uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant seem to. You know, I just saw an interview where where Kevin Durant was asked about the seating, and you know, he said it really doesn't matter. But I guess maybe you have to say that, but. I'm not really sure that 
I'm not really sure that they uh, if they, if they really feel like that. If they genuinely feel like it doesn't matter. I think I disagree. I think that was a really good opportunity. Uh, if you got to play two games going into the playoffs instead of one, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just think that makes a really big yeah, difference. It's uh, That's just me, though. But mm-hmm. go ahead. No, no, no. I, I just agree. If, if you have to win two to get in, right. anything can happen in one game. Anything. Right. right. And so, yeah, I – I mean, it, it, hopefully that's just something that they're saying because they, they have to say it. And I mean, I guess at this point, it's not that much more you can do about it. I, I'd be real surprised to see them somehow get into the seven, I mean, the eighth seed. So it is what it is at this point. But I, I think them not, I think them losing that game against Atlanta actually hurt them quite a bit. They might have had a better chance. I think they're going to deeper playoff run had they gotten that eighth seed. But since Atlanta's got that, um, I'd, I'd give them advantage, especially since they don't have to go as long. I mean, you get to rest players, um, you get it in. The Brooklyn Nets have some old guys. <laughs> and they're not they're, yeah. they're no Lakers. Don't get me wrong, but man, um, you know, Patty Mills. Patty and, Mills, yeah. yeah they, they got some people with some age on it that can really use that rest. And if you don't have that, and then you still got to go into seven game series. I think that alone can beat them down, especially when they already are so, uh, you know the word for it, but terrible on defense. Yeah. I, but anyway, I it'll be it, interesting. I, 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 I think that. Uh, that all of these matchups will be interesting, but the, the Eastern Conference is pretty loaded this year. So it's an interesting sort of parody on the way things have been all these years. And I suppose I'm just glad that the Grizzlies get to, get the, to be on the side of history that's not the Western Conference that's stacked. Because uh, in the past, the grit and grind Grizzlies, man, they were up against it in the Western Conference. So it's, it's, it's a nice change of pace, I think. If I'm the Boston Celtics, if I'm a Boston Celtics fan, I'm rooting really hard for Charlotte this last week of the season to move up into that eight seed. Because like, if you're looking at these matchups, who would you rather face as Boston? Would you rather face, you know, possibly Brooklyn or Atlanta? Yeah, or, that's rough, man. you know, Cle- <laughs> Cleveland or Charlotte? And here's the thing. I Don't downplay what Bakerstaff has been able to do with that Cleveland team. That yeah. They've been great. Injuries. I, I really wish Sexton was able to stay healthy. I'd be interested to see where this team ended up finishing if he stays healthy all year. And then uh, Jared Allen, there's been talks about him coming back. And I yeah. know, did um, did Evan Mobley ever come back? I know that he he went off the floor. I don't know how serious that was, but it's still a heck of a job. J.B. Bickerstaff, early in the season especially, was a guy that you could talk about coach of the year because he was doing a great job and then injuries have kind of derailed them a little bit in the yeah. second half yep. but yeah we, we've covered a ton on the show this was a playoff special we plan on talking about the playoffs i think we've touched on everything you guys got anything else before we get out of here i don't i think we pretty much covered it man i'm just excited for, for the playoffs and candace said man luckily the grizzlies are in the situation man second best record in the nba gonna be the two seed in the west and it's not the juggernaut west that we see it, it usually the way we're talking about the east it's been the western conference and that's not the case next, this year and I, I really do think this grizzlies team can come out of the west and that's not been a homer i think anybody that's watched this team seen what this team has done this year seen what they're, they're capable of would, would say that that that's unbiased i mean I, I don't know how you don't have this team in the mix we know how good phoenix is and how how tough that is but i mean we saw this Grizzlies team with one starter and, and and second and third string guys beat that team. I know that's a record season game, but I, I think that shows you right there what this team could be capable of if they're healthy. So I'm just excited about it, man. Other than that, man, that's, that's it for me. One of the All things right. that, yeah, that, that tends to happen but when you get to the playoffs 
is your rotation shortens up. But I honestly think that the Grizzlies have 10 guys that they can play in this playoff rotation, Mm -hmm. and all of those guys can contribute at a high enough level that you don't have to shrink that down. Might be wrong, could be wrong. I know if they do end up matching up against the Mavericks, when Dylan Brooks is not on the floor, and and that's going to be very, very minimal because he doesn't sit out when he's fully healthy. He's out there and he's playing a ton of minutes. But I'm interested to see how Zaire matches up against Luka. I I think that that is his length and the amount of growth that we've seen from him this season is going to be fun to watch um, wherever that happens. If it's, you know, round two or Western Conference finals, whatever. I'm just uh, that that's a matchup I hope we get to see in this this playoff. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna say Taylor Jenkins hasn't been a guy that that's shown to be scared to play guys. Like I mean, we saw Jitty get minutes in, in the playoff last year. He will play guys. I mean, he trusts his bench like none, like none other. Like some coaches don't have you. You're not going eight, nine, ten, eleven guys that you will be willing to put out there. But he's showing the confidence in these guys, and I believe he'll deploy him if he feels like he needs to. So I can see ten guys definitely playing in the playoffs for the Grizzlies. There, there's just there's a different dynamic with this team than in the norm that you just don't use to see from other teams. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think that's a good thing. You, you keep your starters, uh, you keep those uh, guys real rested, you know, get them more prepared for deeper, get them the rest that they need to, to play hard in the deeper playoff runs. And I, I think it's going to come down to, you know, if, if somebody plays their way out of the rotation, then I think Taylor Jenkins will make that adjustment. And he has shown to do that in, in um, at least in the past series. So he didn't play a bunch of guys who weren't, you know, <laughs> who weren't showing minutes for extended periods of time. Once it was pretty obvious they weren't going to be able to contribute, but I mean, unless somebody plays their way out of the rotation, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, he might make a slight adjustment depending on the matchup. But I, I think for the most part, you can really count on us being nine, ten deep. And that's a great advantage um, to Don Morant and, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., those, those guys who uh, we'll really depend on to, uh, to, be, to be that guy, to be, to be, the, to be the, the thing that gets us over the top, the guy that gets us over the top. All right. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up. We appreciate you guys tuning in. You can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at David W2111. Candace, let them know where they can find you, and then we will let Isaac close us out. All right. Yep. Yep. You can find me on Twitter at Seahawks901. That's C is in Cat Hawks901. Take us away, Isaac. Yeah, man. The Grizzlies did announce uh, the, the time, tip times for the final two games. They always TBA on those last two days of the season. Uh, the game will be Saturday against the Pelicans. It's going to be a 5 p.m. tip. That game will be on NBA TV. Man. Make sure if you're not at FedEx Forum, tune in to our guys, Pete and Brevin on the Body Sports podcast i mean uh, the uh, broadcast we're blessed to have those two guys not being a homer man if you listen to other teams broadcasts you'll see man these two guys are the best in the business i don't think there's any question about that and on sunday they're going to tip off at 6 p.m against the Celtics. so kind of different tip times than we're used to here in memphis but you can find me on twitter at isaac underscore rivals is i-s-a-a-c underscore rivals grizzly will be back on the court tomorrow night at utah uh, a team that we talked a lot about this podcast looks like dylan brooks is Outside of Ja, uh, it's going to be the only guy that's 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 been out that that hasn't been out. He, uh, just, probably just rest. It says hip soreness. Um, he's going to be out, but uh, going to be an interesting game. Uh, we'll see if those struggles for Utah continue. Grizz get that win and can also help the draft pick. They own. So it's going to be a good game. We'll be back with a post game tomorrow night. So until then, man, thanks everybody for tuning in. And we go.
Our Sports Ethos presentation.